Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. It's Rob Thrasher. <clears throat> We're continuing our series about bipolar uh, disorder and uh, mental health issues. And we... Um, we're trying to get Amanda Doan back on the phone. I think our connection got disconnected. Amanda, are you there? We're working on getting Amanda back. Amanda, are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? Yep. There you stairs, Amanda. So what we're doing, <clears throat> we're doing a series um, just to inform the listener. Our series is uh, is about mental health disorders and bipolar disorder going to try we're going to try really hard not to we're definitely not going to mention any people's names we're going to try hard not to mention any institutions names school systems and whatnot but that might happen down the road depending on how how everything goes um but for today we're going to try not to do that we're talking to amanda doan our last episode we talked to amanda about her own discovery of her own disorder which is bipolar and other other mental health issues um one of our goals is to continue to work our not-for-profit website, which is healingwithart.org, and it has dashes, so it's healing-with-art.org. Um, that is a not-for-profit site. Everything we do is free. Um, <clears throat> we um, are also trying to raise money for a, an official nonprofit organization, which will also be called Healing With Art. And one of the main functions of that organization is transportation and medical bills, uh, paying for medical bills. So, for instance, one of our goals is to um, transport and pay for medical expenses, which, which would result in one example, and there's many examples. This is just one. The one example I could use is that we want to send <clears throat> people with bipolar and other mental health disorders down to New York City and Manhattan. There's a organization called Columbia University. They have an entire um, department that researches, um, develops, and other types of inform- disseminates other types of information about not just bipolar but mental health disorders. Um, so one of our goals is to send send, and again, it's mostly young young girls, younger girls. Um, but it doesn't matter what the sex is or the age. Um, I, I've personally known people who have come to me who are in their mid-30s or 40s still suffering <clears throat> only because we live in a rural area in upstate New York. We would, I would say, we would be considered, you know, how people refer to like the um, flyover con- part of the country where the politicians never go. Nobody really kind of cares about. We're kind of in that area in upstate New York. We're kind of between two major cities, both of which have some uh, <clears throat> some more uh, research and, and um, are more kind of savvy with mental health. But really, ultimately, and, and, and again, we don't mention a lot of names, but a positive mention would be Four Winds Out by Saratoga Springs. I've known numerous people that have gone to Four Winds, and um, they were, I, I guess, not cured, but it helped a lot. It helped a lot more than what happens um, in this rural part of the country where we live. But we live in the Utica, Rome area here in central New York, also known as the Mohawk Valley, also sometimes uh, referred to as the Oneida County area. 
Um, and, and, and we just don't have the savvy and the people. And it's not to say any, you know, I'm not trying to diss the area, but at the same time, we could, we could use a lot more education and enlightenment. There's several organizations who I shall not name who are supposed to deal and disseminate information about mental health, mental health awareness, trying to reduce or eliminate the stigma of mental health. Um, if you break your leg, you go to the hospital, you get a cast, you get out of work, you get paid to be out of work, you go back to work and your job's there still. Unfortunately, with mental health, none of that works that way. So what we're doing is we're exploring right now with Amanda, who is um, the primary spokesperson for the what will hopefully be nonprofit organization, which is right now a not-for-profit website. And um, so we're discussing the second phase today with Amanda. After the discovery of your own uh, mental health disorder, what happens next? Well, the next thing that happens is um, you, your family finds out or you tell your family, depending on how the situation goes, we'll talk to Amanda about that. Um, and, then, and then you get a diagnosis. The diagnosis is important, critical really, because of further help and, and further um, you know, services and, and stuff that somebody with bipolar who doesn't understand, they're, they're, they're possibly gonna live with that disorder their entire lives and they need to know how to get help. <clears throat> Just like if you broke your back and you can't work, everybody says, oh, he broke his back and he can't work. Well, the thing is it doesn't work that way with mental illness. And now Amanda, I'd like you to go ahead and jump in there and, and tell us kind of your story about the discovery with your parents and how that continues and how that affected you. When Go ahead, Amanda. I, when I told my mom, because my mother is a nurse, she told she actually took me to the doctor and then I basically started seeing counselors, none of which were any help and how bipolar has affected me is basically the fact of it is knowing that you're different. The fact of it, that there's knowing the fact that something is wrong and people are not going to look at you the same way. And that's how it affected me, not to mention I was bullied because of everything. And it really does it affects people in different ways. And bipolar disorder can come from anywhere. It can hit you at anywhere, any place. Mm-hmm. How do you mean? Well, how I mean is whether you're old, young, if you right. have an intellectual disability, if not, it can hit you anywhere at any point in your life for me it was it affected me in such a way that actually I'm still struggling with it today I've been struggling with bipolar a lot lately and it it, it really does it, it makes you think about what could happen what what's going to happen and why so why so many people who who probably have something wrong even with themselves treat you so different even though you're just a normal human being 
Right. And um, <clears throat> can you elaborate on um, the part that you said where maybe some of the people in your life might have problems themselves? Yes, such as family members, friends, even people you've known for a long, long time. People change. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it's for the better, and in some ways, it's for worse. And even though these Correct. people treat you like you're different, even though they're different as well, no matter what the reason, they should still treat you like normal. They shouldn't treat you differently. They shouldn't bully you. And um, <clears throat> I mentioned Four Winds, and one of the doctors at Four Winds said something to me and my wife, my former wife, that changed kind of, I don't know. I guess it kind of changed our outlook on the situation, but it also maybe even more importantly changed our outlook on life in a way, I guess. And I don't speak for her. I'm speaking for myself right now. It changed my outlook kind of on life because I too, when I was, when I saw somebody, you know, if you see somebody who clearly has a mental health disorder or somebody who's in any way sick, you, you kind of do get a, and it, and it, you know, it's hard to blame anybody because you kind of do get the feeling like one, like maybe if you're very empathetic, you say, oh, that poor person, you feel bad for them, whatever. Um, but it's different than, like I said earlier, it's different. If you see somebody with a broken leg, you're like, oh, oh, you got this. You can do this. You're going to heal from this. Um, whereas with a mental health disorder, you kind of look down on them. And it's not always a a plan or like intention, but you kind of do look, you look kind of look down on them a little bit. And um, we need to change that. It's a stigma. What do you think about that, Amanda? I do think the stigma of mental health and what it's become needs to end because it is, it is getting worse. It is, and it needs to stop while we can try. And you're right, Rob. They do actually look down on the people with mental health, whereas if someone, let's say, let's say someone gets hurt in a fire or something, they're in critical condition, they go to the hospital. With mental health, people look at you like you're crazy because of the stigma and what it's become, and it's got to end. What do they do? <clears throat> so, and again, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to stigmatize this area we live in, but quite frankly, it's an absolute fact that you, you could speak to probably, tell me what happens in this area versus an area like maybe Manhattan that's more, more progressive and more learned, learned and more knowledgeable about, about mental health. What happens in this area? Um, and again, try not to mention names, but everybody knows who you are. So um, unfortunately, this has to be part of this program is bringing people out and, and explaining what the deal is. Um, what happens in this area when you're um, hospitalized for, let's say you've hurt yourself in some fashion? Do you have a story about that? Yes, I, I actually do have a couple stories about that. This, what happens in this area is people give you looks. They judge you by your looks and 
or their looks is what I mean. They judge you by their looks. Like, they look at you like, well, she's crazy. I don't want her around. And it's it's yeah. demeaning, especially when you get close to people and you try to open up and they just they don't understand. Some people that – I can understand some people have problems. All people have problems. We all have flaws. But right. when you – when you get close to someone and you've been friends for roughly about almost seven years and they do not understand when you're, when you're, when you're calling out for help in some sort of way and they don't realize that that's actually pretty, pretty sad. And when you say, if I were to to do something stupid, let's say, and get myself sent to the hospital, People would look at me like people. People would look at me like, well, she needs to be taken away. She's crazy. Why would she want to do that? You know, they don't understand what mental illness is and how it's become. At least, not the people that don't have it. Mhm. What? Um, so, a couple of points there. What? So, for instance, you said if you said something stupid. Can you elaborate on that? If I were to... What would you have... Yep, go ahead. Go ahead. ...to cut myself or something, and I would get myself into the hospital, people would look at me like I'm crazy, and why am I doing that? And, oh, you know, she's so stupid, and, you know... It's it's demeaning. It's it's just it's not right. your fault if you have a mental problem. If you have many mental illnesses, it's not your fault. And people shouldn't judge that, but they do, and it's got to stop. What what would happen? <clears throat> Tell me an example of what happens to you if you okay. So let's say the story starts, and this happens a lot. Let's say you've harmed yourself in some way. You've cut yourself in some way that was like really bad or harmful or it got infected or some, some people take pills to get hospitalized. Um, I personally know someone that, that did that. What happens after the hospital? Once you're um, sort of triaged and you're bandaged up and you're what the hospital considers fixed, which you're not, but you're the hospital says we've, we've fixed the wound. We taped it shut in this area. Where where do you um? What kind of follow up treatment happens with mental health uh, in this area? What kind of follow up? Meaning, yeah. So 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 my so my question is my question is, <clears throat> and I'll I'll go ahead and I'll elaborate further on this experience. Not me personally, but my local friends and family experience with mental health is that you get locked up for a week um, in some, some sort of facility that's supposed to help you. Can you elaborate on that? Yes, I can. I've been actually hospitalized many, many times because of my bipolar. Um, mm-hmm. And nowadays it's just they don't lock you up for a week. They lock you up for at the max at the maximum three days, and that's not even 
that's not even enough time. They need to get they need to get get you in, ask what's wrong, get right to the point and not get and not make people wait. And and I understand the hospitals and stuff, they are busy. But when someone's in a real true crisis, they mm-hmm. need to help that person first. And basically it's just that back that I honestly don't think some of this, the rural area that we live in, I do not think understands the meaning of true crisis, especially when it comes to a mental health disorder, because they've they've judged so much already and it's getting worse. And How how effective is that three days? How effective is the three days that they they put you into the facility? What happened there? Was it effective? Was it what was it like? It was, I guess is what I'm saying. It was it was unnerving knowing that I'm in a place with people who I don't think understand. But then again, there are there are people sometimes in those hospitals that will actually help you. They will actually help you. And I did. I was able to come back home, and for quite some time, I did not go back. But I did end up going back. Like I said, I've been hospitalized many times, and it it does help to a point, to some point, to some level. And you get to then right. when so you get trying. to they're trying. They're trying at least, right? They they are actually yeah. And so what ultimately were you and are you diagnosed with? My main diagnosis is bipolar disorder. But I do have also, I've got, do you mind if I say my diagnosis? What's that? I I said my main, my main diagnosis, I'm sorry, is bipolar disorder, but I do have a few others as well. And it gets hard. You have, so you have more, than, more than What did you say? Go ahead. I mean, I, I interrupted you. We have a little bit of a delay on the line. Um, and so there's a couple seconds where you're, you stop talking and I start, and we both start at the same time. So I apologize that I'm not trying to talk over you, but um, go ahead with no, your um, yes, diagnosis. I, my main, yes, my main diagnosis is bipolar disorder, but the fact is is that I have a couple others as well. Would you like me to say them? Um, my, my diagnoses are bipolar, uh, anxiety, depression, impulsivity. And I also have one, it's called intellectual disability now. It used to be known as actually MR, which I do not like. And like I said, the stigma, it has to end because it's only going to get worse. What is MR? MR is, well, was known as mentally retarded. And 
I do not like to say that word. It makes me no. so mad. So it's stunted, stunted, um, stunted intellectual abilities is what you're saying. Yes, they they changed the yes. name from MR to intellectual disability. But even mm-hmm. so, it I, has I to end. The stigma, it has to end. Yeah. Well, hopefully what we're doing here is going to help us um, <clears throat> at least take a bite out of that uh, <laughs> that stigma and um, just have people say, look, people are people. Some people are born with disorders. Um, I have spondylitis. I, I don't know how long I'll be able to be <clears throat> in the workforce. Um, but the whole point of all of this is that, dang, really? I mean, honest to God, even though we found a great facility um, for our family member who suffers, really, when you break your leg, they have to realign the bone if it's broken badly. They have to immobilize it. You have to take certain maybe medications if you cut it. But it's all, it's all very well known is what I'm getting at. With um, mental health and after having visited and talked to numerous doctors about um, mental health disorders, the, the biggest thing I find that in, in, in a lot of areas, even, even the big cities that we are surrounded by, you still have to go to New York City to have any kind of actual real answer. And again, kudos to Columbia University. They continue to, they're doing research on, on our genetic makeup. Um, I saw one article and again, I'm not a doctor, so don't just look it up yourself. But, but one article said that they had identified, or, or let's put it this way, they might have identified <clears throat> um, a gene sequence. Like, like for instance, with my, with my genetic arthritis, there's a HLB something. I don't know the number, but it's a, a piece of my genetics that tells the doctors you definitely have this, and we should start doing X, Y, and Z to hopefully keep the symptoms from manifesting. And so, and so at Columbia University, it appears to me, again, I'm not a doctor, but it appears to me that they're doing the science that, and, and, and not for nothing, I'm, I'm, you know, in our area where we live, we can't do this science. I mean, I mean we still live in an area where they send out they send out the samples for the genetic testing out of this area. So obviously we're not going to be doing genetic, you know, genetic types of research here in this area. So it's not always the people's and the professional's fault in this area, but it has to be realized that we have that weakness. When somebody wants to do a DNA test on something, I mean, I, and, and this might be, don't mark my words on this. This might have changed or might be changing but my point is, in, the, in an area as small as this, we don't have the resources to do a lot of this. So, again, kudos to Columbia University. Our goal, uh, as you know, Amanda, our goal is to find ways and resources to send people from this area, um, which has a lot of challenges. <laughs> if it wasn't just mental health, it's, it's, it's the fact that our roads are falling apart. And I mean just a lot of things, but at this point in time, there's nobody really focused in this marketplace on mental health or on getting people sufficient treatment 
for their mental health disorders. And so hopefully we're going to make a difference. Um, Amanda and I are both working on this a lot. We donate all of our time. We're not asking for anything back, but what we are asking for is for other maybe organizations, maybe another nonprofit, which again, no names mentioned, we had a nonprofit, by the way, just not today. That's not the focus today. Eventually, their name comes out. Um, they're supposed to be focusing on mental health and mental health awareness. And quite frankly, Amanda and I and my family members have accomplished more in a year than these other organizations have accomplished since they've existed. Now, no names. Names are coming, though, trust me. Um, as, soon as, <laughs> as soon as we have um, our own sort of more resources um, and an on-staff attorney, <laughs> trust me, the names are going to fly. Um, but we're not going to focus on all the negative about these other organizations. We're going to focus on how maybe we could help them, how they should reach out to us for, for help. Because, again, just in this one radio show, Amanda, you've done more for this cause than anybody in this marketplace where we live up here in the Oneida County area. Um, you've done more than all these organizations just with this one radio show. By you coming out and talking about this, you're going to help other before we end this, we've got a minute and a half left. Amanda, what would you say directly to another girl who's maybe 12? We, a lot of this happens around the age 12. What would you tell the, the young lady or, or, or young man about this illness? What would you tell them right now? What advice would you give them? If you realize that, if you realize that you're feeling depressed to somebody right away to get help, you can do it. If I've done it, you can Reach out for help. Good job, the number Amanda. One. Don't hide. You're right. You're right. The most important thing is to find help. It doesn't matter if that's a counselor at school, one of your parents, um, or a total somebody who's a family member, an aunt, an uncle. You've got to tell people what you're feeling inside, and you've got to understand that other people feel that and that there's treatments that can help. Um, so far it's not cured, but I think Columbia is pretty close. We're going to send, hopefully, some people down to Columbia. We've got 30 seconds left. Our goal, again, Columbia University, if you hear this, please contact us, Healing With Art. Google it, Facebook it. My name's Rob Thrasher. We're also talking to Amanda Doan. We have 20 seconds. And uh, thank you, Amanda. Our next part of this series will be after the diagnosis, sort of phase three. And once again, healingwithart.org with the dashes, healing dash with dash art dot org. Godspeed everybody. Keep your chin up. <laughs>